fully, not just from the head, but from the heart. We pray that you'd reveal any grudge within us and set us free. Teach us uh, true forgiveness and being set free and having liberty not to be controlled by someone or something or a happening or a circumstance, but to know the liberty which is in Christ. We yield your spirit that he would direct us and help us as we preach and hear the word. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're talking tonight about hell on earth. There are many concepts of hell. There's only one right, biblical. And so what does the Bible tell us? The Bible tells us, we mentioned this briefly this morning, that at the great white throne judgment, all those who, whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life, uh, they will die, they will go to hell. Hell is basically a prison and a torture chamber in the center of the earth. When the time comes for the great white throne judgment, all those who died in sin will be raised, and hell itself will be raised. They will be judged according to the things written in the books. And then the Bible says that death and hell and all those inhabitants will be cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So hell, Gehenna, hellfire. Jesus used the uh, Valley of Kidron. Uh, this is outside of Jerusalem or below Jerusalem, the city of David, Zion. This basically was the trash dump of Israel. All the carcasses were taken there, the animals that died of themselves, the refuse. Uh, it was a horrible place. This is what Jesus called hell. It was Gehenna, hellfire, and it has torment. Now, other people, they just believe that hell is even like an adjective or maybe a state of existence. And, uh, you know, the old saying, this is the worst it'll get for the Christian. This is the best it'll ever get for a lost person. And the, a lot of people just use this very, uh, very casually. Uh, they love the word hell. They use it all the time. Uh, sad to say, they're going to die and go there if they don't get saved. But, you know, they'll say like, she's been through hell. You know, sounds like cussing, doesn't it? I'll say H. Uh, they've got H to pay. Or he's going through a rough time. He's really been through. Give them a break. They've really been through H. Then, but then they'll say, well, how the blank are you? How, how the H have you been doing? You know, they, they use it very casually. Uh, I can remember way back when I was lost, some of my teenage friends, they said, well, what the blank? You know, they, they use this word very, very casually, and they don't have the, the fear of the Lord. But what they must understand is this, and all of us need to understand this. You either know the truth and the God of the Bible, or you have some 
fantasy and idol that you built up in your own mind or you've been uh, falsely educated. Uh, but here's the truth. God is the Lord of creation. And the Lord of creation designed men and all the creation to glorify Him. We are made in His image. David said we are wonderfully and fearfully made. With all the senses that God gave us, He wants us to use them to have an enriching life, a very fulfilling life. And then at the glorification, as we talked about this morning, when we receive our glorified body, think of how all these senses will be enhanced uh, in heaven, New Jerusalem, throughout eternity. Now, this God who made us, the Bible calls Him awesome. He is terrible. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Our God is a consuming fire. So the same God that can bless us, well, what does it say? Just a good example. He satisfieth my mouth with good things. So God made our taste buds. He made you in your own unique individual way. You have certain likes and dislikes. You, you probably have one of your, you know, your favorite tastes, food, favorite smells, odors, uh, things of that nature. So the same God that made us to bless us and enhance these senses. He also is a God of judgment who hates sin, who cannot be in the presence of sin. And the Bible says that he made hell for the devil and his angels to torment them for eternity. So remember, they did not live by faith. They saw God with their eyes. He warned them, if you ever sin against me, you rebel, you, you become lifted up in pride. Just what Lucifer did, he said, I'm creating a place for you and I'm going to torment you for eternity. Now, the same God that can bless our senses, He made a place of torment to where He knows exactly how we're made. He made us, men. And He knows exactly how to cause them to suffer to the minute detail. And really, what is hell? Yes, it's a prison, but it is God's torture chamber. That's what it is. You know, what an awesome thought to think about. The God of love also made hell to torture those who reject His love and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, this place of torment, there are many things that bring torment. Fire, obviously. You know, and, and just, we, we overlook these things. You know, the Bible says that God's going to break their bones. Have you ever had a broken bone? It's, it's excruciating. Uh, and it says they're going to gnaw their teeth. He, he's going to break their teeth. Have you ever had a broken tooth? It's, um, it's excruciating. Throughout eternity in hell. Have you ever burnt yourself? Um, Maybe not third degree, but you probably know what it feels like. He's going to burn them for eternity. 
The Bible says that a raven is going to pluck out their eye to all the kids who make fun of their parents and their grandparents and authority. The Bible says they're going to be tied up. Uh, you know when you're really hurting, like the old football coach would say, uh, this is in the good old day, rub some dirt on it and walk, walk it off. They won't be able to walk it off. They're going to be bound hand and foot. Um, these are just a few of the, the torments. They're going to have the same desires, never fulfill them, and then be down there with the worms and the dragons and the wickedness throughout eternity. And not just that, the fear and the shame and the embarrassment and the the regret and the anger will be there throughout eternity, mixed in with the fire, like it says in, the, the, in Luke 16, begging for one drop of water to quench their thirst. The horrors. And all along, being able to look, I, and I think in some way, just like they could look into Abraham's bosom before Jesus died on the cross and took... Uh, paradise with him to the third heaven, they'll be able to see into the glories of heaven and not be able to partake. Now, on the other hand, the people of God, all things will be wiped away and their memories will be erased. They will enjoy the glories of heaven forever and ever. So the to be tormented Yes, by hell itself, and that's coming for those who die in sin. But also, fear can torture people. People who live in fear, uh, cowardice, they're tormented. Not only that, there are tormentors that specifically study how to torture other people. And the Bible says here, that those who will not forgive. And, and remember, when, when the disciples said, teach us to pray, what was one of the main lessons? Forgive us our debtors and our trespassers as, though, uh, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. So you're not going to be forgiven unless you forgive others. And so the, the, those who hold ought, who hold a grudge, bitterness, when you, when you study this word about not forgiving, and this is in uh, the text that we read earlier, it's basically holding someone or something to a debt. You owe me. You have to pay me. And I'm not going to forget it. And I'm not letting it go. And I'm not moving on. Deep inside, it's holding on to something that has caused a lot of pain. And remember, it's always something that you suffered a loss. You, you, you lost dearly. So I just want to remind you of some things tonight. First of all, if you are bitter and you will not forgive, you basically lost your freedom. Because what you did is now you are controlled by someone else or something else. You're not in control of yourself. So every time they come up, you get mad. Every time the subject uh, comes to memory, you uh, grit your teeth, you know, and, and, and just it's in there and, and it just stirred up in your 
you're fuming. So you, you become controlled by them or the situation. But if you forgive, what are you really doing? You are releasing them of the offense. I let it go. You don't owe me anymore. I forgive you. And when you do that, now you are set free. You have freedom. Now, um, I've, through the years, you know, I've lived a little bit. I've seen a lot of people owe people. I've seen people do wrong things to other people. I've seen some people totally forgive, and I've seen others go to their grave, and they won't let it go. You know, on the uh, Winnet side, my grandmother's side, boy, they're Irish, and they will hold a grudge beyond holding a grudge. Uh, some of the sisters still won't talk to each other, and they're in their 80s. They, they won't talk. They don't want to be around. They don't like each other. Uh, and it's always something that somebody did, and this grandkid did it to that. You know, they just won't let it go, and they're tormented. You say, how do you know? Because the Bible says it. God will assign tormentors to those who do not forgive. And so we say, well, what type of torment? I don't know. God knows how to needle you. And, and by the way, this is written to Christians, not the lost. You're supposed to forgive your brethren. Now, that doesn't mean you're supposed to be a pushover and a doormat and let them keep doing it to you. You learn what's going on. And, and uh, so let's, let's uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. But what was the introduction to this? Peter said, well, how many times do I have to forgive? And Jesus said, 70 times 7. Now, he was hoping for a number, 3 to, man, these, these people keep doing me wrong. How many times you got to forgive them? 70 times 7. So just like a just man falleth seven times, riseth up the eighth, this is multiplied. 70 times 7. So what are the possibilities of uh, holding somebody or something to a debt? One could be another person mistreated you. It could be a group of people, a gang of people that mistreated you. Uh, you could have been stolen from, vandalized, many things, taken advantage of, stabbed in the back, betrayed. You could have been um, mistreated. They might have stole money from you. You know what? God will really put you to the test. Here is when I got saved, I was very poor. I didn't have hardly any money. I saved $200. I had $200 bills. And I kept it in a wooden box I made in wood shop on my dresser. Well, this wicked guy knew I got saved. And he knew I started going to church. You know what he did? He broke into our house and stole my $200. When I was at church, boy. Yeah. Uh, you'll get tested. Uh, you know, you're going to see what you're really made of. That's what life is. God's seeing what we're made of. You know, who are you? What are you? So I remember uh, our neighbor shot our dog. Boy, that it really made me mad. You know, I moved on. But why would you do that? 
knowing and he it wasn't a, he knew it wasn't a stray he did it to be mean just to be mean shot our dog so those are just some minor examples um what if you're bitter at the world you know and we all get mad at the world i don't like this place if you're saved you want to go to heaven the world is the enemy of god and whosoever is a friend of the world is the enemy of god and to be uh, to have a friendship, you are at enmity against God. But sometimes the world itself, you know, do I have to get up and go to work another Monday? Man, again? And go through all these things that are going to befall me. You know, you might have lost a loved one. You know, life's not fair. It, it will put, a, like the old saying, the, the Texas Rangers would say, we can whoop them. Charge. They are whooped. Um, it's kind of like the, the world's going to make a man or a mouse out of you. You know, like they used to say, son, you don't know it now. This is going to put hair on your chest. Well, I don't want any hair on my chest. But in other words, this is going to be a trying time. I, a guy told his daughter that one time. You're going through a rough time. It's going to put some hair on your chest. <laughs> uh, man, it's quiet in here. But so the world is a difficult place. It's a trial, tribulation. You know, you might have had a bad start in life. You know, I, I think about how hard it would be to be an orphan or a single, have a single parent or maybe even um just all sorts of things. You know, I had normal parents. Uh, they were married for 40 years, or 40, 50-something, almost 60. But, you know, it, life's hard enough when you have a normal life. You know, think about the people who just had it rough. Uh, there's some people don't even know who their dad is. You know, I, I think about it. Think how difficult that would be. And all through life, they're dealing with it. Dealing with it. I knew a guy from New York. His parents sold him as a slave. He never knew him. And I don't know how you can do that legally, but so there was some monetary exchange. They changed the legal document. He went through his whole life, didn't even know his parents. Um, you might get better at the world, you know. When it doesn't rain and they say it's going to rain, and then it'll rain just over there. I said, they lied again, like they're in control. They may be, though. But uh, they lied again. This isn't, and I said, oh, this isn't fair. That's not fair. This is not just. You may hold a grudge against yourself. You know, a lot of people can't forgive themselves. They knew better, and they did it anyways. They knew where this was going, and they were foolish. They... Uh, now they're reaping what they sowed. Uh, you have to learn to even forgive yourself. You know, it's uh, that's a big success. So, you know, I was thinking about this, and I some of you'll think this is kind of trite and uh, petty, but so I was brought up a Dallas Cowboy fan and uh, worship. Like, you know, I was there at the groundbreaking. Texas Stadium, I shook hands with Don Meredith and Don Reeves, and I met Tech Schramm, and some of you don't know what I'm talking about. And uh, 
Tom Landry and, and all that he started the shifts and all the different, all these things. And uh, so from a child, you know, you're taught you have to hate certain teams. Yeah, and it's not, it's out of principle. You hate them out of principle. So the Cleveland Browns always beat us in the championship. And there was a guy named Leroy Kelly. Who knows what I'm talking about? Man, I'm old. He was number 44. They always beat. I hated the Browns. And you know what they'd say in the Old West? I hate their guts and their livers. Well, the Packers beat us in the Ice Bowl. And oh, oh, uh, what was it? Jethro Pugh and Bob Lilly got burnt and we got beat in the Ice Bowl. I was a little kid. I ran down and cried in my bedroom. What a wimp. Uh, so I can't be a Cowboys fan unless I absolutely hate the Packers. The Steelers, uh, I hate, I hate golden yellow, I, I black. I don't know why, because I have to. Uh, and then the Colts beat us with the, like a 63-yard field goal, I think, in the Super Bowl. I hate the Colts, but I really like them. I like the horseshoe and the color. But the, anyway, um, and then the 49ers. You know, the 49ers kept us out of the uh, Super Bowl, beat us in the NFC title game, always the arch rival, and then everybody in the NFC East. And some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. But the point is, you know, I'm, I'm moved on. You know, it's just the Packers. This happened 40, 50 years ago. Um, if I hold a grudge, um, I don't want to be tormented. I don't want to be tormented. Now, when you think about this story that took place here, so Peter asks, how many times do I have to forgive those that hurt me, that stole from me, that mistreated me? Seventy times seven. This goes along in Isaiah 6, where Isaiah got called into the ministry, and God said, you have to preach. Nobody's going to listen to a thing you say. And he said, well, how long do I have to do it? He said, till there's no more cities on the earth. This is your call. Your ministry is to preach the truth, and nobody's going to listen to a thing you say. Now, Jesus then tells this story. There was a king, and it plainly says there was a man owed him 10,000 talents. This is a lot of money. So, Back then, if you couldn't pay your debts, you'd be sold into slavery like an indentured servant to work off your debts. Um, so he goes in, he begs him, please forgive me. I'll pay thee, just let me. And he falls at his feet and he begs for mercy. Please have patience. I will pay my bills. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you can't pay your electric bill. Please don't turn my electric off. And then say, sorry, and we're flipping the breaker, whatever they do. And then, boy, when their electricity is going to cut off, be cut off, they, they sure won't. They hope somebody be merciful to them. So what happens? The king is moved with compassion. And he says, I'll forgive you. Not only that. I release you. You don't owe me a thing. You owe me a lot, but I choose 
to forgive you of the debt. And so this same man who was forgiven of thousands of talents, he has somebody that owes him a hundred pence. Now, a pence biblically is a day's wage. So basically, he owes him about three months um, work, you know, that type of a monetary sum. And so what does he do? He goes and grabs the guy by the throat and he said, you better pay me everything you owe me right now. Unle what is it? Unleash the beast. You better pay me. Grabs him by, it says he grabs him by the throat and uh, has no mercy on him. Well, when people hear about this, they go tell the king, and the king says, I just forgave you of way more, and you don't owe me a penny. And here's a man who's way off, uh, less off financially, and you are going to hold him to the debt. And so this is all about who owes you. You know, does the world owe you anything? Does anybody owe you anything? Or do you know how to forgive and move on and release from the, uh, the offense? So look what it says in verse 32. It says, Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him, what? To the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise, now th this is God, shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespass. Now, a lot of people say it. Yeah, I forgive. They think it. It's not from the heart. It's not genuine. God knows our heart. God knows if we want them to pay. God knows. Uh, so this goes over to like uh, what Paul taught in Romans. Uh, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. What, and it says, do good unto them, and what will happen? Forgive them. He will heap coals of fire on their head. Now, there, when I first got saved, and you wanted to get back at somebody, you know, very immature Christianity, you'd say, oh, so I'll forgive them, so God will put coals of fire on their head. <laughs> that, that's not forgiving them. Uh, when you forgive them, you don't want God to put coals of fire on their head. You do good to them. You pray for them. You turn the cheek. So, um, and, and the Bible talks about a gift in secret and turning away anger. And there's, there's also sort of a biblical principles of wisdom that apply. But who are they delivered to? Tormentors. Now, I say it again, and I, I could have looked this up and studied it. I, I didn't want to do all this tonight. But if you look at the most wicked atrocities 
in known history of humanity. There were always certain individuals who were skilled at tormenting others. They're, they study it. They know what to do. Uh, you know, I would ask you sometime, read Fox's Book of Martyrs and look what the Catholic Church, the Mystery Babylon, the Mother of Harlots did during the Inquisition to those who would not recant. Look what they did to people. It's unbelievable. They would disembowel them. They would draw and quarter them. They would tie them down and put uh, sour mash corn on their belly and then keep a pen of starving hogs until they're starving to death and let them loose. They'd start eating the corn and wouldn't stop and eat the Christians alive while they watched. Uh, all sorts of horrible atrocities. You know, look what the Nazis did. I mean, you, look, look at these people that get pliers and pull people's fingernails off and uh, electrocute them. All sorts of horrible tormentors. Uh, you know, the, the American Indians were, uh, you know, some of them, uh, the Comanches and the Apaches, I mean, they were expert. You know, that's why they'd always say, save the last bullet for yourself. There's no way you want to get captured by them. They will keep you alive for four days and torture you. Uh, and there were people trained and skilled to do it. So Luke 16, 28, hell is a place of torment. Revelation 9, 5, Bible says the creatures out of the pit, which will be unleashed during the tribulation, they have the torment of a scorpion. Now, there's probably some people in this room, you've never been stung by a scorpion. Uh, I'm glad for you. I don't know how many times, I, I can't count how many. I've, I've been stung so many times, I don't even keep count. Uh, it's a horrible feeling. Can you imagine your whole body covered with scorpions stinging you? Revelation 14, 11, the Bible says, where the beast and the false prophet, when they go to hell, uh, shall be tormented. Uh, Revelation 20, 10 says, they will be tormented with fire and brimstone day and night forever. And so, to simplify, very simple. If I want God to forgive me, I've got to forgive others. I have to let go. Now, I can't just say it. I can't just go through the mental process logically and rationally. It has to be a full forgiveness from the heart. Now, easier said than done. Why? Because God can erase His memory. We cannot, right? So the Bible says He will remember our sin no more. He will bury our sin in the deepest part of the sea. He will put our sin as far as the east is from the west. Now, when you think about an incident or someone or the world or something or even yourself, and you say, yeah, I forgive. I've let it go. Uh, have we really? Or is it just in the mind? Because in the heart is what? the seed of affection, which stirs up these uh, different emotions. 
So resentment, bitterness, holding a grudge. That's why to be a good Christian, you can't wish evil on any man. You don't want to wish evil on anybody. But the reality is they're going to get it. They're going to reap what they sowed. God's going to heap coals of fire in due time. But when we think about, just think about hell. You realize it's, it's paved with fire and brimstone. This is very scary. There's creatures down there that torment. There's worms crawling on each other. They're horrible monsters, monstrosities of beasts and all sorts of hybrids. There are serpents slithering on their victims. The Bible talks about the sides of the pit of a type of solitary confinement and horrors. Just to name a few, and we mentioned some others earlier. So how many people, though, are so quick to hold others to a debt? You owe me. You owe me. You said this about me. You owe me. Uh, I heard what you did. You owe me. You betrayed me. You owe me. You stole from me. You owe me. Uh, you mistreated me. You talked about me. You gossip, whatever it is. Or it could just be life itself. You know, some people, they go beyond cynicism. They're just bitter. Yeah, they, uh, I, I know a guy, well, he's gone now, but he was so bitter. And uh, I always tried to figure out why. And you know what it was? When he was in Kerrville, he was a member of the Episcopalian Church, they were having a building project, and one faction of the church wanted blue carpet, and the other faction of the church wanted gold carpet. And he didn't get his way. And he said, I'm so mad at them. I'll never go to church again. And, 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 he, and he lived life like sucking on a sour dill pickle. He could not. It's, it's kind of sad, isn't it? Very petty and trivial. I know a church that split over, uh, it was red carpet or yellow or something. Uh, what's that worth fighting over? It's just the color. But think about, is it worth it to hold somebody to a debt to lose your freedom? It's not. Teach us to pray. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. Here's a guy. Now, you think about it. We don't even know all the sins we've committed. We've committed so many sins, we don't even know. God's washed us in the blood. We are justified, praise the Lord. We have the imputed righteousness of Christ. How dare I or you hold any grudge whatsoever? Uh, you know, say, well, I've forgiven. Well, have we really? So I want us just to think about it. A miserable person is being tormented, and a lot of people are miserable, and they don't know why. And it could be one of the main reasons, and it's between them and God. If or that 
somebody still owes them. Now, what does it say in Ephesians 4 and Colossians 3? We are to be kind, forgiving one another, as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So if God has forgiven us, we can forgive them. Now, that doesn't mean you have to let them keep doing it. You know, if, if you lent somebody money and they never paid you back, that doesn't mean you keep lending them money. You just forgive them and you move on. You find somebody else to lend money that won't pay you back. Right? It doesn't mean you have to be taken advantage of, but you can't live in the past. And, and what is the word? Tender-hearted. Tender. This says here, if you forgive from the heart. So a lot of people are hard-hearted, but they say it with their mouth and they think it with their mind. So just basic lessons. In conclusion, if God forgave me, I can forgive you. And sometimes it's hard. If God forgave me, I can forgive them. If God forgave me, I can forgive the world or whatever's, whatever it is. Um, you know how many people are mad at politics and it ruined their whole life? Really, they're holding a grudge, you know, and I don't like it either, but don't let it ruin your life. Um, or uh, the government, you know, I'm, I ain't standing, uh, I'm going to be mad and bitter my whole life. You know, that's not a wise way to live. You got to let it go and move on. So God is going to deal with us as we deal with others. God will forgive us as we forgive others. And what is, I'm through, but what does it mean again? A debt. A debt. Um, you know, my, my dad was such a forgiving gentleman. Two quick deals. Out of nowhere, we're, you know, we're little kids. His uh, nephew shows up. We haven't seen him from Odessa. We haven't seen him in years. He works his way in there, you know, own, uh, um, earns my dad's trust. And uh, one day, I never, he said, hey, can I borrow a couple of your guns? I want to go hunting. Well, bye-bye guns. <laughs> Man, he, he, we, we never saw him again. He stole them. Uh, you know, my dad, he never, and me and my brother, we'd always say, Man, you believe old Glenn did that, or I can't. Well, son, it's not for me to. I lent them to him, and he stole them. Uh, another time, he he was uh, talked into investing in wildcatting, and it was a con artist, and I think they gave him like sixty thousand dollars, and I'm not even sure if he drilled the hole. It was a total con, and uh, we found the paperwork the other day. No, he never held a grudge. I mean, he was sorry he did it, wished he had his money back. Even my uncle got involved and lost a bunch of money. But he never, he never talked about it, didn't live in the past, and he had uh, freedom. And I'm not saying he's a perfect example. I'm just saying we've got to forgive others as God has forgiven us. So as we move into the invitation, I ask you, is there anyone, and, and I would ask you to do this, simply, humbly, honestly, yield to the Holy Spirit, say, Father, is there anybody I have, I'm holding a grudge? Any individual, any group, 
any situation, at any time in my life, reveal it to me. I want to release them of the offense. I want to be forgiven. I want to forgive them. I want freedom. You know, and show me the, the little grudges I hold that I don't even know that I'm holding. Um, all right. Let's pray. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. Hell on earth. A lot of people are tortured. Tortured by the tormentors. And they don't know why. I'm going to pray. We're going to have an invitation. Let's have a goal to leave this place tonight forgiving all debts. It could be financial, emotional, trauma, misunderstanding, lies, betrayal, disloyalty. Boy, that's a big one. Disloyalty. Whatever it is, let's leave here tonight in total forgiveness, walking with our God. And if God reveals something to you, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our Father, we pray that You would reveal these things to us. The Spirit searches the things of God, yea, the deep things of God. The secret things belong unto the Lord. The Spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord that searcheth the inward parts of the belly. Give us wisdom and Give us freedom, and if you've forgiven us, may we be tender-hearted and forgive one another as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Help us, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Let's take this very serious. Let's stand.